Welcome back. to accomplish in, in such a weird, um, you know, I, I don't want to use the word, <laughs> the word that everybody use, unprecedented. The P word? Oh. The P Oh, no. The P word, the C word, I won't use the U word. How can you not, like, but, but you, can, you can't avoid those words, you know? Like, we can't just avoid dialogue because it's all anybody's talking about. It's a global issue. Like, of course, it's going to happen every day. Like... Being annoyed with certain words because they are what apply to the scenario isn't necessarily like the best way to move forward. So it was you know unprecedented. What? It was a pandemic. <laughs> and you're proud of what we did. Yes. Uh, so uh, th that just prompted a funny question. Here's a, a fun introductory question for the podcast. What are your least favorite words of 2020? Ooh, least favorite words of 2020? Yeah, like most used, overused, least favorite um uh, you go first on that i mean i, I gotta think about that mm, new normal new normal that's a good one yeah, you don't that like sucked. that term i i said this in march when people started using that phrase and we were all locking down they were like it's the new normal and i remember screaming into this podcast mike that nothing has ever been normal nothing has ever been normal and the fact that we're trying to live with this new normal, I think, is um, f more frustrating more than anything because you just pivot. We're human beings. We just adapt. It's what we do. Yeah, that's that's actually that's my only issue with the term new normal is that like we always have like, like there's always like that guy when you say normal at like if you say normal in like a social setting where you're just meeting people. There's that guy's like, well, I mean, like what is even normal? It's like, yeah, cool. Philosophy 101 is doing real work on you, man. That's great. Good for you. God just blew my mind. Whoa. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm here to open minds. Um, no, but like I really I think like we don't have. We haven't had a norm. We're still figuring that out. And there's there's just you find patterns in the chaos that happens every year. Like 2020 was like an exacerbated version of that. It's a caricature, right? It's not a normal year ever. Like we're not we're never going to remember it that way. But like, I'm glad that we're past it. And I'm glad that we do have some things that are new and normal to us. But, uh, that being said, my least favorite words of 2020 are the movies are canceled. Like, I, I hated that. Like, that was probably my least favorite thing was not being able to go to, like, theater or the cinema or, like, do. Like, I know I did three online Zoom. Like, I did the Zoom musical and I did two plays. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's not the same. And I love art. You know that. Like, I love yeah. performing and I love watching other people perform and, like, taking in that experience. Like, that to me is, like, that's the height of part of my human experience is being able to do that. So, and I understood it. Like I didn't like if there, you know, you didn't see me outside of the movie theater protesting, but that's the thing that I miss the most is like going to a movie with Micah Khan and sitting down and like enjoying the ever living crap out of like either loving it or hating it. And then walking out and talking about that. Like that's one mm -hmm. of my favorite experiences that I can't wait to get back, you know? 
I'm really excited to have that back in my life. That and the theater. Like, I want to be in theaters. I want to be watching people perform. I want to be watching people put themselves in other people's shoes and create, like, that that fictional empathy that you, you, is sometimes greater than the regular empathy that you see in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Hit, me, hit me with a couple of your favorite things about 2020, then let's move on. We've got a whole year to look forward to. Yeah. Um, Two favorite things. 2020 <laughs> that tiger king right now uh <laughs> the uh uh so my two favorite things of the year of 2020 um number one this one's easy uh the my favorite thing about 2020 was the moment uh and it's a it's a sad moment it's like it's not a good moment but it was a, a moment that like you couldn't you, you couldn't make it up like it's almost like it was written in a movie which was um people were losing their jobs and the economy was shutting down nobody knew what was really going to happen but you and i were pretty sure that we were not going to be doing in-person meetups for a while and so we decided to donate all of the funds for our for our meetups uh, to local barista tip jars, right? Those digital tip jars or whatever to, to help baristas get by. Um, and it was that moment where like you and I were like, yeah, like, you know, we'll, we'll like pull a hundred bucks out and we'll, we'll split it up. And then like you and I just like without talking completely agreed that that wasn't enough and we should just empty the whole thing. And you called me and you said, Matt, funny thing, hear me out. And I just like, didn't even let you finish. I was like, Kevin, Yes, the answer is yes. And we just I just knew what you were going for because I was thinking the same thing and we did it. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a good moment. So that's number one. That was a great moment. Yeah, definitely number one. Number two, I the I mean, uh the easy one for me would be uh the day that we finally put together the first bag of all day eighty K. And I just like, and I just like looked at it, you know, we had been planning it for like months and it was finally here. And I was just like, God damn. Ah, yeah, those are mine. What about you? Those are good. Those are two really good favorite moments. Um, oh man, you know, dude, like it's before everything got crazy in 2020, but I actually loved the moment. So, uh, do you remember my brother was in the, um, he was in the, he got like a culinary award for, uh, yeah, various rising top star. Chefs, right. He was a rising star chef. Yeah. So he's in the paper for rising star chef. And then in the same paper, like you flip like a couple pages and there was the like really good review of the man in the brown suit, the play that I was in. So that was definitely a favorite moment because like who would have thought that two brothers would end up in the same paper for like these cool things? Highly, highly unlikely. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. And I honestly, I could say that my my two favorites are the same as your two favorites because they're like obviously i'm i'm ranking those really high so i'm trying to think of something different now so i'm not just like big same and then big same bro but uh (laughs) like i i would say my other one oh you know was a really good one uh bartending for the desperate housewives kevin minor recovering alcoholic like like three days sober or something like that five days sober bartending for the real housewives of new jersey yeah new jersey Uh, yeah the ones who are really well known, right? Yeah, yeah. So the, them in California are like super popular, I guess. I don't know, but that was an entertaining thing. 
Um, my brother actually, we just got asked to do another event at that house. Uh, so that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you still just, are you still going to hang in there and serve, serve people their poison? Oh no, I'm just going to be a server for this one. Cool. So I'll, cool. I'll be, um, yeah, I'll be like server slash back waiter because when you do the back, well back server, when you do the back server stuff, you have to do all the like cutlery, make sure everything's set in between the meal uh, in between the courses on the meal. That's kind of stuff. It's a good time. What a fucking story. That's something you like, you'll put in, you'll, you'll write that in your memoir one day, you know? <sighs> Dude, memoirs are going to be great. They're going to be, They're so, gonna be so varied. So many um, stories. Yeah, that's why you have to keep writing so you like remember all this shit. Speaking of stories, uh, I noticed something that I do want to say. So you, the other night, you were sharing all of, on Instagram, you shared all of your like favorite things of the year. Like you were just sharing your year, right? Yeah, and yeah, stories. yeah, yeah. Rather than doing like a big long post where you like spend a half an hour writing it and whatever, you just kind of like pick some of your favorite stuff and share it on your story, which I really liked. I thought that was a really cool way to go about that because like we've been having that conversation about digital clutter and like yeah. digital minimalism and stuff. And I yeah. think stories and one of the things that Snapchat has given us is like the ability to not create digital clutter and digital like noise pollution. And we can just like post something up that people can see once and be like, oh, that's nice. And then it's gone. And they don't and have to like gone. scroll through a feed to find it. Yeah. yeah. And it's not just housed on the internet forever. Um, but I liked You were sharing all that. And I noticed like I, I didn't say anything to it because I was like just watching it and being like generally just happy about it. And then I wanted to say to you, hey, man, I was in your life a lot this year. <laughs> like you fucking where man. there was a lot of like like I kept seeing like Matt, like I knew you were doing it because I got tagged. And then I kept seeing the tags come up and I was like. Oh whoa! I was in Matt's life this year. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, Ken Kenzie Pfeiffer didn't sign up for this when she married me. She's like, I didn't know I was going to see this much Kevin. She did. <laughs> <laughs> Neither did Penny the Pug. Penny the Pug didn't realize she was going to have like such a high profile boyfriend. She's my yeah. girlfriend. Yeah, she's my no. girlfriend for. Uh, yeah. that's it. Or twenty twenty, we're done. Twenty twenty was great, but let's talk about what's next. Yeah, you know? what's next? Here's what I want to start off with. Uh, I wrote a blog on our website a couple, uh, maybe a week ago now. And and it's this thing that I've been trying really hard to communicate to people. Uh, I, I don't, again, I don't want to fill their feeds with clutter. I don't want to, you know, a, a lot of social media is trying to break through the noise. It's trying to get your attention for as long as possible. And like, I'm not trying to do that. But what I am trying to do is get across the concept that we, you know, we're not a coffee company trying to sell you a product first and foremost. That was a byproduct of trying to figure out how to do the best that we could with what we had in 2020 with the pandemic, with the economy in, in, a, in a free fall. And we decided that not being able to, com you know, to commune and interact with people genuinely in person, look people in the eyes, um, and learn with them and teach with them and network and do all the cool things that we did was like, you know, relying on the internet and, and finding an alternative way to support all the different, uh, you know, creators and entrepreneurs out there that we, that we loved and that we wanted to inform people about so that create that like creative solution ended up being highlight roasts so to me one of the things that i look back at 
in 2020 and want to do better on is I don't want to be beating that drum of like, buy now, buy now, buy now, flash sale, here we, because our first intention, our first goal here, the first principle is not to is not to make profit just for the sake of profit, right? Yeah, that was a big thing that we picked up on as we got more and more into the year and doing those con- like consecutively was that we were constantly hitting people with an ad campaign, essentially. Like even though we were still doing the thing we set out to do, we had to behave like our own marketing company at the same time. And to us, that felt like a little bit ingenuine. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that wasn't our goal. And it's, and in 2021, though, we'll still be doing the same kinds of things. Um, I think you and I agree, it'll be spread out more. It won't be as, you know, uh, this consistent drumbeat of, you know, by now, like I said, um, what the, the, the avenue that we decided to take with highlight roasts, um, was one that does involve taking on a certain amount of financial risk in that we are guaranteeing a coffee company that we're working with that we're going to pick up, you know, let's say 50 bags of coffee from them wholesale. No questions asked. It's not, well, we'll see. We'll start with this much. We'll, or like, you know, uh, we're buying to order base. Like we take the risk on totally. We're taking on the risk because we believe in the product and we know that we have, a community of people who like coffee and the key is to let them know that there's something special out there that we've curated that we want them to to check out and when we're out of it what do we do what was our our initial goal or like what did we set out to do we didn't say hey when we sell out let's buy 50 more and sell 50 more we say when we're sold out go check out their website they've got a bunch of different coffees go support them and i want to lean into that more and more and more i want to get away because we have let's let's be let's be transparent here for a second kevin we have aspirational goals to sell coffee like we want to make our own we don't want to roast our own coffee we want to open a cafe we want we have all these really cool goals for the future but that won't be up cc you know that'll be a separate no up cc is definitely i think one one big takeaway that we have from this year is that you know when when we're doing that it might be under up cc but it won't be the same thing because for us in order to keep that genuine attitude that we have toward the coffee community we need to be focused on the meetups we need to be focused on education you're absolutely right i said something and i'm not one to usually you know toot my own horn uh but I said something in the blog that I want to quote here because I thought it was really insightful and it, and it kind of it it like it concretely describes what I'm trying to do for us and then what we want to do in the future. Um, and it's and it's this and it's bolded. If, if you go to upstatecoffeecollective.com/blog and you go to the the most recent blog called "Where Are We Headed?" that's up there. You can check it out. But the um, the bold sentence that I said here was. Uh, and by bold, I mean like I wrote it in like bold case, not not that it was bold to me to say, was uh, we exist to help create moments of genuine human connection while empowering our communities with education about coffee so that they can be more conscious consumers of coffee. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, to me, that's that's the big quote you write on the wall, you know? Yeah. Genuine human connection, conscious consumerism, community support. So anyways, 
if if anybody has been wondering kind of where this whole thing is headed, um, we have altruistic goals. Got a little bit derailed with 2020. Um, we're going to do the best we can to uh, to start, you know, writing the ship and yep, uh, and whatever we do from a from a business standpoint in the future, that's you know that that will be a branch off, but it certainly won't be our our first goal here with Upstate Coffee Collective. So, mm. my my dream is just that someday uh, for the Upstate Coffee Collective, we're holding a press conference in front of. Um, a plaza that houses a porn shop and a total landscaping facility. <laughs> oh, that, that was it. Yeah, that was a Rudy Giuliani, Donald Trump joke. I love that. That was a classic moment. I just hope that someday we're hosting our own right there. Let, could, dude, what if that spot becomes like like a cultural meme? Like people just like buy like rent out that location and host like conferences there. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'm in. Carry the bit on. I love it. Right? Just keep it going. <laughs> um, no, nah, dude, I really like that blog that you wrote. Um, I think that, you know, in, in an era where, like, a lot of people, you, you kind of feel, like, a desire to share your bit with the world and, like, where you're at as a person. And I think your voice coming out of last year into 2021 with that sort of a sentiment of like all right cool so here's what we learned in 2021 and here's where we're at because like the the idea of upcc is like it's a full body and although there are multiple people in it it still has all of those voices and it still has a personality comprised of all of them so it's good that that was put into words and that mm -hmm. people can access that and see that we're thinking about it you know because it's not just going to be like uh hey 2021's here here's a new product it's like hey here's what we're thinking about you know, like I think that's a much more authentic way of conveying what you want to do as a company rather than like just like here's all the exciting things that we're going to do that you have to purchase. Here's what we're thinking about as far as our place. And I think that's one thing that really separates us from a lot of businesses. And I think that's part of our journey and it's part of our narrative eventually is like, like well, even now, but like uh, when I want when people are talking about like, upstate coffee collective in the future they go yeah and they like they weren't like your typical business they didn't just go launch and then just hit a market with products and try to like you know sell lower than their competition a little bit and build up their base and do all that like we're not doing the standard stuff we're not doing it the way everyone else does it and i i really like that i do too i think it's all about how do you grow in a responsible way so that you're constantly doing better business um, every, the, the goal of most business, I can't say all, but you know, your, your standard goal for starting a business is to make a living for yourself. Um, but beyond that, once you've made a, you know, a reasonable living for yourself, make sure you're empowering your employees, make sure you're giving, you know, paying everybody a living wage, including the people that you're sourcing your, um, products from. All the way from, and not just from coffee, you know, it's easy to say, yeah, we should be paying farmers a, a living wage and try to cut out uh, unnecessary costs by doing direct trade agreements and, um, you know, paying above market price so you can invest in infrastructure at origin. Like, pull all that, like, coffee-centric stuff aside and just look at anything, you know. When you look at your uh, your mug or your 
anything, look at anything in your house, you flip it over, it says made in China. Um, those, you know, you, people are making things in China. Yes, partially because the there's higher access to higher quality sometimes, right? Like you could you could argue that some Chinese companies do it better than than um, than American companies, let's say. But ninety nine percent of the time, it's because China can do it cheaper, and that's all that it's that's all that it's for, right? Yeah, you pay bottom barrel price to get top margins. Yeah, there there's a human cost to your purchase. Exactly. That people don't tally because they think of the number on the paper and on the sticker, you know, like the UPC. They don't think of the the person who has to work in a factory day in, day out that's attached to the corporation of Walmart, you know. Yeah. And that's not to say that any business when you're when you're looking at numbers and you're trying to to structure businesses financials such that you make profit every year. It's not to say that that you can't you know, make, uh, exceptions and, and like, even you and I have said, like, you know, we'd like to print all of our, uh, highlight roast cards on recyclable paper or recycled paper, but it's more expensive. And right now we can't afford it. That's not what, that's not what I'm talking about. Cause there's a difference between, I can't afford it yet, but I aspire to do it and I won't do it because it cuts into my margins and I don't give a shit about anything but my bottom line to me you give a shit about more than just about one i think i do it feels like i do yeah i i honestly i've told you before like i we're i i have really good intuition when it comes to making like business proposals and having the idea the forward thinking ideas and laying a lot of the groundwork but when it comes to like going out there and participating in the market and advertising. I mean, you've seen some of the conversations that Chad and I have, he's in marketing. I'm, I, and I'm just, that doesn't come natural to me. Like totally. The, yeah. The ability to just go out there and be like, I'm better than this. Like I, <laughs> I don't have the ability to go take our coffee and like go talk about someone else's or like make it seem like it's the absolute best i like you know my answer to other people when they're like oh i like this coffee better even my mom is like all right cool well that's good right (laughs) i'm glad you like that yeah (laughs) you know i just want to make something that's good that people enjoy and it makes their life better and yeah i I have a hard time latching onto the business end of that the the part that has to be less humanized you know like it's more about the dollar well, you're you're definitely great at the human aspect of it. I think one of the one of your strongest um, one of your strongest roles has been crafting relationships with people. You know, and and it's it's especially I don't know may, maybe the internet plays a part. Too, in it. You're good uh, at that. Maybe, but you you always take the initiative to go out of your way. Like I'll put it this way: you'll talk to people when other people might feel like uncomfortable to do it. Like they might like it's easy for somebody like me to go like I don't want to bother that person, and you're like, oh, I'm not bothering them. I'm just gonna like make a friend, you know, and you just talk to them. Uh, a lot of people have trouble with that. So your ability to take relationships and nurture them and nourish them and and like go out of your way to reach out to people to be like hey i really like what you're doing here i you know i also like this thing you you want to hang out or like you want to chat that was that was foreign to me for many years and and you you taught me to be less timid about it because people are just people yeah true 
So what what did you learn in this past year of having a coffee business that maybe surprised you that like you didn't you didn't expect you would learn or you know like like what have you learned in in the coffee spectrum of things that you think is going to help you moving forward? Uh that's a good question. I think I think <laughs> I think uh that delegation is a fickle tool that is invaluable, but it is something that needs practice and, uh, and it needs a risk assessment. So, yep. So what I mean by that is, um, you can't do it all yourself. And learning to be able to delegate is so, so, so important. Um, but there is always a cost to it. And, you know, you, you basically, you have to make sure that you trust your, your team members. You have to trust the people you work with to get the job done. And you have to, like, learn how to say, all right, that thing that I needed to do is no longer something I need to do. Somebody else is handling it. So stop worrying about it and focus up on other stuff. Yeah. That for me was one of the harder lessons I learned, but it, it was like an eye opening moment when I like, like when I said to Nick, Hey, uh, I was wondering, are you free to take care of this thing for me? Cause I got a hundred other things. He was like, yeah, man, I got it. And then he did it. And I was like, Holy, Holy shit. Like I, I have like time to do what I need to do myself again you know and i'm not like doubling down on stuff yeah that's me that is a huge tool that's a really good thing to learn so you learn that in the business world yes i think i i trained my palate a lot this year oh really as far yeah like perspective yeah remember when we were chatting with um matt from touchy the other night and i pointed out like i was like i'm pretty sure i've picked up on the bodies that you like to have in your coffee just by drinking enough of them now and like i've started being able to do that with different roasters and different coffees that I'm picking up the same way that I used to be able to do it with wine is, you know, now my, my palate's become more versatile. I'm, I'm introducing it to things. I'm doing it in the right spectrum. Like I'm, I'm doing it in the right frequency as well, which is a huge thing when it comes down to tasting that people don't really realize like the, you know, the level three sommelier that comes to your table as opposed to the level one is very different. The level one's going to be like, well, you know, if you want to learn about wine, drink it. The level three is going to be like, well, if you want to learn about something, drink it, but very patiently in a focused manner, think about it you know there's there's more of an artisan side to it and uh i think the thing that that has catapulted me into is like all right cool how do i apply that and where does that apply moving forward um and then on the business side i learned just how important it was to listen to someone who's delegating when you're running a company versus Mm. you know like just having that interaction where you're delegating something to someone else and then like kind of like letting it go, like listening to the person who's doing the delegation and then continuing that communication with them. This episode is brought to you by your friends at Upstate Coffee Collective and our local community. We've decided that in 2021, we're going to do things differently. We want to be intentional with our ad role, either letting you know about something we feel very strongly about or nothing at all. Starting now, our podcast will be completely unmonetized. We will not be taking any money from advertisers. 
unless it is something that we truly, truly believe in. And right now, we don't see uh, any opportunities like that. So we're going to keep this podcast completely unmonetized. Now, we will take a moment each week to plug whatever it is we, the collective, are working on behind the scenes. But we want to ensure that we stay true to our values and that we continue to serve as a hub for our community to listen along as we make valuable human connections and learn to become better listeners and better storytellers. If you love this podcast and you want to see it grow, consider leaving a positive rating or a review uh, and be sure you're subscribed so that you're notified of each new episode that comes out every Monday morning. Listeners of this podcast get a unique discount code that saves 10% off our first and only flagship coffee all day ADK, which we're super proud of. And we want you to have the opportunity to share in that with us. So uh, if you use the code podcast at checkout, you'll save 10% off of your entire purchase. And we super appreciate you and we love you. And thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. We're taking the Christmas tree down. We're going to wait another year, I think. <laughs> You're going to wait a year? <laughs> no, uh, we'll probably, I think we're going to take it down next weekend. Uh, but we're, it, you, you know, like the tree starts to get droopy. Do you guys have like a, a fake tree or a real tree? Real tree. Yeah. You know, the tree starts to droop and it's like mm, looking kind of sad. I am such a proponent of fake trees. I, I get that. Because like... I, I get the tree farm thing. like I, I I don't know all the arguments for or against I just I like the idea of like it exists in the same space because your Christmas decorations take up space already right yep. but like you can break it down and put it back into the box and then it exists in the same space as that and if you get a good one it's not falling apart and you don't have like the needles all over the place and you can actually just like reassemble disassemble re- and you can get them in different sizes and you control it like as soon as you get it up like it's there you know we have the technology we like, have the why technology. Not, why not be using that in a responsible manner to like not take down trees? I don't. I'm just maybe I'm just jumping on the don't take down trees board, but like, <laughs> do you know uh, something? This is like the uh, this is like the uber duper super duper hipster version of that that I learned recently. Um, in some cities, there are companies that you can. You you can rent Christmas trees, like real live Christmas trees. And what happens is the whole concept is like actually being sustainable. So what you do is, you know, they have a tree nursery and, you know, they have a certain number of trees that are like, you know, the right age to rent out to people. And so people will go out, they'll pick one, they'll chop it down and it'll get brought home and put up. And then at the end of the season, that company comes and picks that tree back up from you and replants it. And then if you want to, if you want to, you you can pick that tree. You can pick that tree as your family tree and you can use it until it gets too big. And then it goes into, quote unquote, retirement. That's cool. It's it's a different way of thinking about it. And it's so uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? It's so like niche like it's such a small way of being like a responsible consumer that people are like oh there's so many like different problems you could solve in the world why do that but like it's little acts like that of being mindful of being of like the the resources that we use up in the world yeah it's still a problem yeah (laughs) yeah 
Let's be thankful, people. Gratitude. Mm. Isn't that how we started this podcast? That's how we started this business, was with gratitude. Just gratitude, man. But that was also our first episode of the podcast, was the power of gratitude. With Devin Seegers. Exactly. All right, I've got something for you. What do you got? What, what do you fear most in 2021? What is your fear? Hmm. Do you know your answer? Yes. Okay, what's your answer? Hit me with yours. I'm thinking. My, uh, so my, my fear for 2021 is that we don't get any closer to achieving our goals. We, we end up, um, I, I, my fear is that I get to the end of 2021 and feel like we're in the same spot we were right now and that I'm still working my day job and I still, I'm never, you know, I'm no closer to being able to say sayonara to my nine to five. Okay. Um, yeah, that's mine. Yeah. Hmm. You said biggest fear? Yeah. Or if if you want to be more tame, you know, just like a, a prominent fear in your head. I mind. mean, my biggest my biggest fear is always failure, right? Mm, yeah. So my, my biggest fear would be that we would fail. Mm. What does failure look like to you? For a business. Somehow not having the Upstate Coffee Collective anymore. Mm. Like having to say goodbye to it. Yeah. I don't expect that to happen at all. Yeah, I don't like it either. No, me neither. But that's my biggest fear. Yeah, I mean, I guess a more realistic fear is that, um, I don't know, the world goes to hell in a handbasket again and we have to pivot, pivot, pivot every month and just wind up completely exhausted at the end of the year. And like you said, just feeling like we didn't get any further. Yeah, because who knows really what's what the, the year has in store in terms of current events, right? I hope we yeah, all get like vaccinated. People have been we- posting... Go in real cautiously. Nobody touch yeah. anything. You Nobody know, like, touch all right. anything. <laughs> this isn't anybody's year yet. Nobody call it. <laughs> this is going to be the best year. Maybe. Because <laughs> oh, we all jumped into 2020 like, it's going to be the best year ever. And then be just first. Like, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> There's a new comedy uh, I don't know what you call it, like a comedy version of a documentary, a mockumenta- mockumentary out called um, uh, Death to 2020. Oh, I saw it's, that. I, I've been watching it. I'm only about halfway through it. It's fucking funny, but it also like summarizes everything very well because you forget all like the, you know, all the big things that happened early in the year pre covid that we kind of forgot about because then covid happened and then black lives matter happened and then the presidential election happened like so many huge things happened that we forgot like australia was on fire we almost went to war with syria oh Uh, yeah you know uh so i think i think so yeah my more realistic fear is that we have to keep pivoting as a company and that we 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 are prevented from finding our proper place because it's just it's that much harder i mean opening a cafe right now is would be silly right and terrifying right now like this month yeah like it would be silly like there's still there's so many restrictions in place for us and like i uh, jacob and alejandro they had that planned for months you know and then they they open up in october and i'm really glad it's been well received because 
because what a risky time to open. But they're honestly like they're they're knowledgeable, they're personable, and they have great people behind them. So there's no way that it should have failed. And then oh, and then Arnon's got his place with Oliver, who we interviewed on the podcast. You know, these are all people that we've communicated with, and they were launching businesses at the same time we were. That's right. And most of them focused on the physical location. So I, I would wonder, you know, what are the pros and cons that they're experiencing versus what we're experiencing? You know, because yeah. they're completely different stories. Brick and mortar is uh, brick and mortar brings a lot of attention to, you know, p- people walk by. There's the Internet is so fucking just loud and to to rise above any of the noises impossible seemingly but when you have a brick and mortar you're there in person come here to this spot we'll always be here um it's much easier to get people's attention that being said it is wildly more expensive and that's why it's wildly riskier especially right now with all the restrictions people can't even really be in the same spot so yeah i think it was smart for us to to be able to lean to hold off and to lean on on the internet because it has it has been a supportive place, I will say that. Mm-hmm. A lot of positivity on the internet uh, above, you know, the noise of the negativity. Yeah. Is there anybody in 2021 that you really look forward to hopefully working with? Because what we do is so collaborative. So I'm, I'm thinking forward like that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it Jacob and Alejandro pretty significantly. Um, mm-hmm. But... I also, I'd like to get more, uh, I'd like to get more prominent people on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people who have a little more clout in the coffee industry, for lack of a better word, you know, a little bit more of a, of experience, somebody with a story that, um, m- you know, more people are likely to want to hear. People um, with the blue check mark next to their name. Oh, a little blue check mark would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> you, you notice not a lot of coffee people have the blue check mark though that's because we're so, we're still kind of an underground n- you know niche kind of a thing oh yeah well i mean you know it's like it's like wine in the 60s you know like yeah like wine you, when you think of like your grandparents wine like they all drink like reuniti and whatever was being most successfully marketed at the time that's where coffee's at right now yeah. A lot of people's parents and grandparents are just drinking what's been most successfully marketed at the time. It's not necessarily like the coffee that they found that's really great that, you know, and that's growing amongst our community and our peer group. But I think it's still it's on the rise. So it's yet to come. Speaking of that, uh, did have I said out loud on the podcast yet that uh, about once every month or two, I go to you know, the local grocery store and pick up like five bins, like, you know, the giant buckets of Folgers coffee for my, for my fucking nine to five. No, you haven't said that. Well, I mean, it's probably cheaper, right? Oh, it's it's so much cheaper. Holy, oh my God. I thought, I was like, how much more expensive could it be for me to like make good coffee for people? And so I started, I started saying once a week, I'd bring in enough coffee to make one pot of coffee on the, you know, their bun, their two burner or four, four burner bun machine, you know, the auto drip. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, to make a, you know, to make one of those giant 12 cup uh, 
pots, it's about a hundred grams of coffee, which if you think oh about God. it, some, somewhere in the ballpark of a third of a twelve ounce bag. Um, yeah, if I made that every day, I'd I'd go through so much coffee. Think about that, like a twelve ounce bag of coffee, somewhere in the ballpark of fifteen to twenty bucks. So a third of that, you're looking at five dollars a day, whereas the Folgers is like five, six, seven dollars for that giant tub. Yeah. It's ground up. Well, and that makes sense. That's why so many people switch over to the single serve systems, right? The Nespresso, sorry, the Nespresso's, things like that. Like, it's because they don't want to make the 12 cup pot and have like four of it go to waste every day, even though they're buying the crappy, like, crappy, crappy coffee. But then also, so many people still have coffee with like cream and sugar, you know? So many people still drink it with milk. And like, I have no problem with people doing that. I hand, whenever I hand coffee to anyone in my family that asks me to make it for them, it doesn't have it in it. But like, I don't scoff at them for doing it. I'm just like, you can add it yourself. Like, I made it. Yeah. How I, how I think it should be had. <laughs> Do whatever you totally. want now. But yeah, like I, you know, the Nespresso's and stuff like that. Like they have the easy made cappuccinos, which I think with the way that like the health perspectives we have in this country are moving you'll see less of that in the future, you know? There's no better marketing than saying black coffee is zero calorie, zero fat. Yep. You know? Actually, it does have fats in it, but... Well, yeah. More if you use your French press, which is something to consider. Some people actually shouldn't drink French press because they can't have the fat content that's in it. Really? Yeah, it it will affect certain people's metabolisms and uh, certain like uh, people with certain issues that can't intake that kind of fat that quickly and that amount. Yeah, um, should French press, which is like another thing when it comes to coffee. But it, it once again to compare it to wine, like there's so many people that can't have sulfites, right? And there's so many people right. that can't have wine that has like pectin in it because they'll have that like that reaction to the grape skin contact. So a lot of people can't even drink red, you know. We're going to learn more about that when it comes to coffee, too. We're going to learn, like, who can have natural coffees and who can't. Like, so far, it's just people know about, like, acidity, caffeine level, and fats. But as we get more and more into it, I think think you'll end up seeing a coffee culture that kind of mimics wine. I think it's going to happen no matter what. Okay. uh, One, two, three more questions. We're coming up on an hour. I wanted to keep this one a little shorter, so let's... Uh, you know, we, we set our intentions for 2021. Yeah. Um, I feel optimistic for not only what we do, but for the world at large. Um, and I, I'm excited to like dig into this more. We've continued to make like really great friends. Um, everybody that listens to this podcast, we appreciate the hell out of you. Things are going to just continue to get better as long as we put in the work. Uh, we, we put our intentions out there and that we like spend a little extra time being good to ourselves and the people around us. A little extra intention is it goes a long way. Intention, um, gratitude, mindfulness. Exactly. That we haven't touched on yet is uh, Kev, what's in your mug? Cause this is an interesting thing. This is an interesting thing. Uh, turmeric vitality tea, decaf, herbal, would you say that is turmeric vitalit dash T? I think that's how it's written on the box. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Just <laughs> Classic. But yeah. And why are you doing good, that, Kev? Good dad joke. We did it. Matt did the dad hey. joke. Mark, 
this is this is what this is where we put our minute markers for the show. We just put Matt's dad joke, whatever the time was. <laughs> like timestamp that. Really cool. That's the dad joke. Just put the dad joke timestamp in every episode. <laughs> I would love to do that if I could collect that data. Like if that if there was a way to like easy more easily keep track of that, that'd be sick. But start it just... now. Yeah, whatever. Whenever your dad joke is, we'll just every episode. It'll like in the description of the episode will be like math dad joke fifty four twenty five. You know. <laughs> um, no, nah, dude, I'm drinking turmeric uh, decaf herbal tea because I didn't have my scale earlier this week, and I was looking at coffee and I was looking at my Chemex and I just like I had been thinking about it for weeks leading up to this, and I just felt like the perfect moment. I was like, it was meant to be. We're resetting our caffeine receptors. No caffeine. All right, cool. Let's do it. And because I didn't do that at all this past year, I decided I'm going to go the, well, I decided, first I decided I'm going to go 21 days with no caffeine, which is like more of a challenge than it is like an actual reset because your caffeine receptors, it turns out they do reset after like eight to 14 right so the most okay. i really should have to go is another seven um but i'm gonna see how i'm feeling at seven i actually had a couple cravings for coffee this week which was mm. uh it might have been just more of like an impulse decision making craving because you know like some people are like oh i get cravings for this and i'm like or maybe you're just regimenting yourself and your body gets an impulse decision craving because impulse decisions trigger dopamine in our system so I think some people like they misnomer their cravings like they call it a craving but really what it is is you haven't made an impulse decision in a while and so your body feels like you should do that like yeah we as human beings like we get dopamine when we go oh i want to do that and then we just do it our body goes yeah you did it good job here's that dopamine and like i think some people like they'll they'll attribute that to the thing that they think that they have a bigger problem with than they do because i actually mm. my my caffeine cravings weren't that bad it's not like I felt like compelled to make coffee. And the other thing that I noticed was I didn't get any caffeine headaches. Now you said you were going to do it with me <laughs> on like <laughs> Tuesday when I told you and Matt that I was doing it. But what happened, Matt? <laughs> uh, I got an impulse craving and I was like, a dog with, I was like a dog with a tree. So I just, I just did it. No. So I loved what you, I, I loved your intention and in the moment, I was like, yep, done. Like, you just, you said, yeah, you were like, I'm resetting my caffeine receptors. No caffeine for three weeks. And I was like, I'm going to do that, too. I got three days in, three good days. And then I was like, you know what? I I just want coffee. And I only drink it once a day, maybe twice a day anyways. And I'll do it later on. Because to me, three weeks is definitely a challenge because I just... I love, I'm addicted to caffeine and I, you, you said this yesterday or today that a lot of people, their issue with caffeine is the fact that they get it from multiple sources. Mm -hmm. Um, I fall into that trap a lot. I don't drink a lot of soda, but I will drink like those like bang energies or like those zero calorie energy drinks or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Carbonated it's like a, and sugary anyway. Uh, zero sugar. 
Okay, but, zero sugar. Wait, hold on. What's in it though? Like stevia? Uh, like or like erythritol or something? Yeah, yeah. So, something, some sort of artificial sweetener. That's you know a gram, a, a gram of it is like fifty grams of sugar. You know, in terms of as sweetness. As far as sweetness goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, who knows carbonated, caffeinated. Yeah. So it's. I mean, bang, bang is like it's like soda. Yeah, it's it's soda. It's basically soda. Like it's yeah. yeah. So good for them, but oh, okay. So you have that, and yeah, we were talking about that. Like I honestly, from doing this, I've had a lot of thoughts, and I've been I've been journaling a little bit. So I've been thinking about like um, how a lot of people will have coffee in the morning, but they'll have like bad coffee that they need a few different a few cups of, and then they'll have like you know soda in the evening, and then the next day they go to have coffee, and they're like, well, you know, if I if I have coffee, sometimes I get the jitters or it messes with my stomach. Well you still have caffeine in your system from the day before. So those jitters might not just be from that cup of coffee that you had in the morning. You might still be over-caffeinated because the way that caffeine affects your body, your metabolism, and your neurological system because it's, you know, it's um, it's an adenosine inhibitor, which a lot of people still right. don't know. Right. You know, that's a big thing. It's an, it's an inhibitor. It's actually blocking something from making you tired. It's not waking you up. It's blocking something that makes you yes. tired. So like when you have a caffeine crash, it's not because you, the caffeine has caused you to crash. It's because you needed to crash hours ago. Yeah. And, like, and it would have been much more gradual, right? Up until that point. Well, you would you would have just actually like taken a nap or something, you know. You would have had right. to, like, your body would have been like, "I'm shutting down." You'd be like, "Okay, I guess so." Instead of blocking the adenosine, which there are there are other effects that come out of that, and that's something that I'd like to educate people on a little bit this year is like responsible caffeine intake, like because that's such a huge thing. There's so many people that like drink coffee or like have too much in a day, and then they have a panic attack, and they think it's yeah. coffee that did it. It's not coffee that did it. It's the amount of caffeine that you had. Because yeah. coffee comes in varying levels of caffeine. And your consumption of it is completely self-controlled. Respect the bean. Respect the bean. You got to respect it. That's what we've been saying. Bean. And honestly, reset your caffeine receptors. Because caffeine is a molecule. Or a non-molecule. Ca yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a mo it yeah. doesn't fit into that receptor that it's blocking from the adenosine is differently shaped from caffeine so it's like right. jamming like it's like it's like a tetris piece that doesn't quite fit but you jam it in there anyway and then your mm. your body has neuroplasticity like there's there's neuroplasticity and then there's like the elastic side of being you know neurological like uh, you know axions and dendrites and where things are actually coming in and out and i'm, I'm getting way too nerdy on this but like you know when when you've changed the shape of that, it can go back to its normal shape because your body has that sort of elasticity, neurologically speaking. You just have to take the time to do it. And if you're getting headaches from it, I think that's even more a sign that you actually need to have less caffeine and that you're doing the right thing by resetting your caffeine receptors, by treating your body correctly rather than like like we keep saying, like the big phrase that I've been saying a lot these past like this past week was make it a ha or make it a ritual, not a habit. You know, make it a ritual, not a habit. That's where I want to be with coffee. I want to be mm. having a ritual, not a habit. So how do I, tra how do I transition this conversation into telling you that I'm drinking 750 mils of, <laughs> of Ethiopia cocaine? Oh, there you go. From who? Attaboy? 
Attaboy. Oh, Finishing up that Attaboy. That's nice. Yeah. So that's what's in your mug right now. That's what's in my mug. Great body. Um, the the sweetness that you would expect from an Ethiopia, but a little bit more of that medium roast gives it uh, a little bit of a heavier body. And um, there's like a there's like a nutty kind of like like a yeah there's a nuttiness to it akin to like a like a tree nut, ooh like almond or something you know yeah I like that nutty flavor that's what it reminds me of anyways I still have some so when when I'm done with this I can go back to having it you know it's not going to be a yeah. peak freshness but it'd be good here's I actually thing. I put a bunch of coffee in the freezer. I was just going to say, here's one thing I really want to do in 2021. I want to I want to talk to Tyler Bodwin, and I want to say, Tyler, I need links to all of the gear that you have, uh, especially because he does he he does single dosing um, in he I think he has some plastic plastic Weber sellers, those bean sellers that Weber sells, um, but he also has like a vacuum sealer and some some vacuum packs, and he just doses. Dude, a vacuum sealer is the best, especially if you can like get good vacuum packs that you know are recyclable. Like that's that's the that's best. the key because though, the- right? Because like mm-hmm. I feel like if a, a lot of that is non-recyclable, and then you're just creating a lot of plastic waste. Preserve that, yeah. You got to preserve that freshness, and you got to find good ways to do it that aren't damaging the environment. That's a huge thing. I mean. Not, I'm not saying you have to like do whatever you want to preserve your coffee and its freshness, but like ultimately, you know, I think as a coffee drinker, we pretty much unanimously agree that like helping the environment helps coffee helps us. So yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah, hundred percent. Um, I definitely want to talk to him. He's he's got a really good outlook this, on like, like personal coffee dosing and usage and consumption and not only that he does a lot of those different um he does a lot of those different clubs where they'll do like blind tastings and things like that and i think that's super interesting i love everything that he's got going on there he is the epitome of a home brewing like nerd him and uh uh on a not a lesser note but on a more novice note um the uh our friend nick rollo who i had on the podcast at the end of the year um, he's a young kid in college who just got into making coffee at home and he's starting to really mess around with gear. He got the, the fellow owed. Um, but in terms of like reaching the upper echelon of home coffee nerdiness, I mean, it seems like Tyler has just not, not only, uh, money invested in like good coffee equipment, but time and resources. Oh Yeah. Definitely. And, and when I first asked him to come on the podcast, he was like, I feel like I don't really have a lot to say. Like, I, I don't know. Like, what you would ask that me to do. was a full year ago. That was a full year ago. He's got a lot to say now. Yeah. And he, honestly, he would be the one person I'd want to talk to about his experiences with uh, changing his water. Just the variability of homebrewing. That would probably be the title of the episode. It's like variables and homebrewing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right, cool. Let's call him. We'll get him on. Um, let's wrap it up, dude. What's your jam? What do you listen uh, to beginning of 2021? All right. First jam of the year, baby. Here it is. Uh, this is a recommendation from you and or mm, maybe Matthew Loyacono. Everyone everywhere. Oh, that's Matt. Yeah. That's no, Matt. he's posted that. And I'm 
I immediately put beneath that. That's a Matt album. <laughs> and it is. It's kind of that 2000s or the 2010s, like emo punk. You know, it's like old school turnover style. <laughs> ah, I'm into it. It's so good. Everyone, ev- is it everything everywhere or everyone? Everyone everywhere. It was in 2012. It's a self-titled record. Fantastic. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. When he posted but, that, he's like, do, do you guys know this? And I was like, yes, I know it. It's good. That's a Matt album. Like, cause <laughs> I've heard it. Obviously, like I've listened to it and like, you know how I am with music, even if like, I'm not crazy about it. I'll still listen all the way through, give it its respect. Um, dude, Phoebe Bridgers. Tell me about her. Um, I don't know a ton yet. Other than that, like she came out of nowhere a few years ago. She has a very cool, like indie R and B soul sound. And, um, I started because um, Cole Kushner, the guy who runs Dissect Podcast, posted, oh, hey, here's a cool thing about her album. The strings at the beginning of the album are sampled or are different at the end of the album, but the end of the album is called I Know the End. And the reason that it's called I Know the End is because you heard the end at the beginning. And I was like, damn, I love that. Need to listen to it now. So like... Yeah, so that's that's how like artists get me is like they're like they're like, hey, we did a cool little thing where if you're really listening, you'll notice. And I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, that's an <laughs> let's, easy hook let's for you. Go, you. Yeah. <laughs> so Phoebe Bridgers has been good. She's got these her like the first lyrics that stuck out to me are from the song Tokyo, where she's talking about how they still have pay phones. And this guy's calling her up saying like he's going to get sober and like she doesn't really believe him. And there's like. It's just a really cool album and her lyrics are kind of all over the place, but reflect like her life and the way that she has a relationship with poetry. Yeah. Hell yeah. Big fan. I've got some other weird like satellite artists that I'm listening to. Oh, you know who else? Hey, hold on. MF Doom. (sighs) Gotta throw it up for MF Doom, man. God damn. He's, He's one of those artists that like he's always... For anybody who's listening to the podcast that doesn't know, uh, he passed away on Halloween, and his record label like it it, it it didn't become common knowledge for a while. Like it was kind of like spoken about, but even a lot of people in the industry didn't know. And then his wife finally made a statement, and his record label was like releasing press about it just at the end of the year. So like on on December thirty first, like New Year's Eve all of a sudden every like i didn't know it happened either like all, all of a sudden i just saw people posting mf Doom. i'm like did he die and then it was like yeah he died a while ago which was such a trip that's and so, so i was weird. just like oh man. and then but because i'm in this like pigeons and planes discord every like immediately like three people had playlists for everybody to listen to so that was really cool because i was able to go through all the old school mf doom and just like uh well uh, and K- KMD and like listen to his like old 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 school stuff and read a couple articles and like just pay tribute to him in a good way like you know how sometimes an artist dies and it feels like everybody's just like like people are not necessarily like tributing the artist they're just like saying like oh they'll be missed to say it like yeah it's like oh I, I like like I'm relevant I was listening to this person and now they're dead you know you get a lot of those and I've had that moment too. I've definitely been on that bandwagon before where like, you know, I jump in and I'm like, yeah, me too. I like them, you know, and I, I miss them. Um, but like with the MF Doom one, it just like, 
people kind of came together and we were just like, oh man, remember this track? Like it was a completely different experience than it has been for a lot of other artists where like, instead of just like saying, oh, gone too soon, a bunch of times over, there was a community that was like, man, remember this track? Remember this article? Remember when he said this? Remember when he wrote this? Like that was really cool. So I'll give you an MF Doom story you might, uh, you might be surprised by. So like, yeah, so like I, uh, I, I'm not super well versed in like R&B and hip hop. I love it. Uh, but I don't, I never seeked it out, sought it out enough, uh, to where I could be super knowledgeable about it. I, it was just sort of a passive joy of mine. Um, and that's thanks to my brothers, actually. My brothers really, uh, they were surprisingly into hip hop and rap. Um, when I was growing up where I wasn't, I, I was the, the pop punk kid, but um, in college, MF Doom, I, I just found, I don't know how, but I just found a giant library of like MF Doom's beats, like no rap over them, just his beat. Oh yeah. Created. And that was the genesis of me falling in love with listening to beats while I was working and studying. And oh, now whoa. what do we now, do all the time? We listen to lo-fi, lo-fi beats. <laughs> To like study and relax to. So that reminds me, your Christmas gift is in the mail, and it has something to do with that. So. Oh, I have a Christmas gift for you, actually, and I yeah, and I felt bad because I didn't get a lot of people Christmas gifts, but it was one of those things that was like, oh, Kevin would love this. Oh, dude, wait yeah. till I get yours. I'm I can't wait to give it to you. You're gonna love it. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yours is actually wrapped too, with a little tag on it that says Kev. Oh snap, dude! It's so cute, bro. Oh man, I'll have to unwrap it next week on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. super late. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. Well, happy twenty twenty one. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for listening to the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. Uh, you know where to find us, right? UpstateCoffeeCollective.com. We're very active on social media. We're understandably a little quiet during the holiday season we need a little bit of time with family but we're back um we're here to bring you community and creativity and we got done with the holidays we were like get out of here family (laughs) we got stuff to do we got shit to do um yeah man i'm just i'm looking forward to 2021 it's gonna be a good year looking forward to it man thanks for listening (laughs) what I, I went, oh. It's going to be a good year. Oh, I said it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fingers crossed, everybody. <laughs> Peace. Peace.